Good evening, everybody. And uh, we're excited to be here. And uh, we're excited to kind of share with you about what the Lord's been doing. And there's been a lot of things that have happened. And uh, a lot of some things have been unexpected. Uh, so right now, at this moment, uh, we're basically looking to packing. Um, we are actually looking to leave to Brazil uh, in the month of January. And um, we had actually had planned to go uh, for December, um, but it wasn't able to work out for the month of December because uh, we wanted to get to Brazil. We needed to get settled down and uh, get everything that we need to live, and then we would start language school in the beginning of the year. Uh, but the problem was is that we didn't have somebody there that was available for one whole month to show us all around that we needed in the country of Brazil. Um, so right now, um, as you know, we have two girls, and uh, we adopted uh, Giovanna, and uh, she's six months old, and then uh, my wife was able to give birth, and we have the two-month-old right now. So we, they're four months apart, and they're very close in age, and uh, right now we're just trying to get used to the role of being a mother and a father and taking the kids on deputation with us and getting them in the car and out of the car and packing them up and uh, we're working on that right now, and uh, it's been a little crazy, but it's been good. And uh, the Lord has just really blessed uh, the two girls. And um, the goal that when we get to Brazil, we will be working with another missionary. And uh, this missionary's name is Carl Johnson, and we have been, uh, we met him when we went to Brazil in 2011, and we had talked with him, and we left, and we have been praying about working with somebody as a team. And so when we talked with Brother Carl, and uh, we had began to communicate, and right now uh, we just felt the Lord just worked everything out to be able to partner together. And uh, so it would be me with Brother Carl, and we'll also have a national pastor uh, who's a Brazilian, so all three of us will be working together uh, planting churches. And um, so the Lord has just put everything together, and he's making preparation for that. Uh, we are right now at 93% of our support, and uh, so we only have 7% left. But we will be going, no matter what we have, we're still going in the month of January. And the blessing of all of this is uh, Brother Carl, and uh, his name is Romero, which is the Brazilian national pastor. They just started the church in January. So right now, they're in the construction zone of building the church from the ground up. And right now, Brother Carl has about 12 deaf um, that are attending the service uh, with the Brazilian. And so we're looking forward to getting down there and working with Brother Carl and uh, we're just going to see the Lord just work everything out, and we look forward to that. Um, so right now, we're here in the United States, uh, especially here in Missouri. We have a story here that we're getting everything packed. From here on out, we will, we'll actually be in Kansas, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and in South Carolina through the remaining rest of the year. Um, just pray for us. Uh, you know how weathers are when they change. Uh, you know, everybody gets the cold and affect the people, and especially when a family, one person gets sick, it affects all of them. So before it used to be two, and now it's four. And uh, so just pray for health, uh, just pray for the, to raise the rest of the remaining support, and um, just really pray that the Lord would just open the doors uh, for churches to see the need to reach the doubt. 
And um, once we get to the field, we will be learning two languages, so the Portuguese to read and write, and we will also be learning the Brazilian Sign Language, which is 90% different than the American Sign Language. So the two languages that we have to learn within a six-month time, because when we get there, Brother Carl will be preparing to come here on furlough to put his oldest son in college. So I will be leading the ministry down there while he's on furlough. So I don't have a whole lot of time to learn two languages, but the Lord's help, he will make everything accomplished, and uh, he will be able to minister to the people. And uh, so I, we, as my wife and our family, we thank you as a church uh, for your faithful support ever since the beginning. And uh, it, it's a lot of support behind that I don't think maybe you probably realize on our part, because, you know, being on deputation for a long time, a lot of churches would think, well, you know what, they're not going to go. But I thank you for believing uh, for us that we will get there someday. And uh, so thank you as a church from our family. Well, tonight, um, I've been kind of studying on the book of Luke, remaining kind of relating to the Word of God. And um, I don't think a lot of people really realize how powerful the Word of God is. And we hold this great book, and it has all these events that are happening. But a lot of times, all these events that happen around these particular things are based on the Word of God. And once, if you begin to read, when you read verses that say, Thus saith the Lord, or the Lord spoke, or the Lord commanded, and things would happen. There, in this particular part, we're going to be opening to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And if you have your Bible uh, with you, we'll be opening to Luke, chapter 5. And we're going to read a, a portion of Scripture that relates to somebody that we can relate to. And all of us here in the church will have a job, or you've worked a job before and when you begin to work, and you're also having the same time, you're also ministering, and you have your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you begin to see how God can work in both ways. He can work in your job, and at the same time, He can work in your ministry. He can take care of your physical needs, and He can also take care of your spiritual needs. And God just put this particular part right down in the middle for us to be able to read and say, you know what, I can relate. I can understand the Apostle Peter, you know, beginning to read in this and say, I can relate to this man. Peter was not a perfect man. Even though he was the leader of the 12 disciples, but he was the man who had a temper problem. He was the man that always put his foot in his mouth. He was the man that always got ahead of everybody else. This was a man that the Lord Jesus Christ used him in a great way. But Peter has to do the same thing that we all do on a daily basis. So Luke chapter 5, and I'll begin to read in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing there by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their net. And he, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which happened to be Simon Peter, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. 
And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and the net break. And they beckoned unto the partners which were in the other ship that they should come and they helped them. And they came and they filled both the ship so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished in all that were with him at the drought of the fishers which they had taken. And so also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, and Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought the ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to read in this great book that we have that can change lives. We thank you for the power of your word when all you have to do is just speak and things happen. All we have to do is obey you, and things happen. Help us to understand in this portion of Scripture, as you spoke with Simon Peter, as we read it in today's language here, that we can understand, we can relate to the Apostle Peter, that you tell us things to do, but we have to act upon your word, by faith. And I pray that you help to challenge our faith. Maybe there's some things that you've been working in our lives. Maybe there's some things that you have planned ahead. And we're not there at that moment yet. But I pray as we read this, that we take this to heart, apply it to our lives, that we will be prepared to answer. We will be prepared to act on whatever you want us to do. Lord, I pray that you bless tonight, bless the service, bless this church, bless the direction that the church is praying for, because at thy word, they will do what you want them to do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A lot of times when we read this portion of scripture, a lot of people use them to the fishermen. As in, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men, uh, basically kind of changing the direction for Simon Peter. But everything always has a beginning. And I want to go back to the very beginning when how all of this happened. Because we look at the great event, but you have to go back to the beginning of how everything started. Okay? So what we have here in verse 1 is we talked about the time that the people were pressed upon him to hear the word of God. And even when you read in the book of Luke, everything is basically going according to plan. In the beginning, you have basically the birth of Christ. 
And then as you get to the birth of Christ, you see where he goes as he's getting older and his mom and dad there and they're, they're teaching him and they're taking him to the temple to worship and they're preparing everything for his childhood. Well, then he gets into the temple and all of a sudden he's able to basically expound on the word of God to these teachers, these scribes that are sitting here in the temple and they're just astonished. Like, how do you know this? And they're beginning to see that this man knows a lot. So as he gets more older, then it becomes time for the baptism of the, uh, the brother John. And then after that, we get into the temptation of Christ through the wilderness. So all of this is taking place and happening as we get further along. But then we get to the point to where, like, okay, he's already had the 12 disciples, okay? So right now, basically, it's time for ministry. And this is where Jesus Christ will go out into the community and be able to teach people the word of God. So here he is, that people are pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And wouldn't it be amazing that if tomorrow the people, instead of coming for the eclipse, they would actually come to hear the word of God. That would be more amazing if that was to happen. But unfortunately, people come to see the eclipse. But praying that at that moment they realize the person behind all of that happening, the Creator God, and they would begin to understand that there is a God. And all that just didn't happen out of a Big Bang theory. It just God is in control. But that would be amazing if people were to come and hear the Word of God. But these people here at this moment came. And when they came to here, they saw two ships that were standing by the lake. But there were no fishermen there. For they were over there washing their nets. So basically when you wash your nets, it's more like mending. You know, you clean up your tools, you mend your nets, you fix everything that's part of your job, and you get everything ready and prepared to go out and to do your job. And that was Simon Peter's job. He was a fisherman. And also the same with John and James. These men were in the business of catching fish. Okay? How many of you like to fish? Okay, all right. How many of you don't like to fish? <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't like to fish, I know. And sometimes you would think, well, you look like a man or a woman that likes to fish, but a lot of people don't like to fish. They don't want to deal with all the the yucky, sticky scales and the worms and everything. Um, but I used to fish when I was a kid. And when I got off to Georgia, I just had no time to go fishing. And... Uh, so these men were in the business of preparing what they needed to do for their job. So in verse 3, as he entered into one of the ships, Jesus Christ, he comes into a ship which happened to be Simon Peter. So as he came in there, he prayed him, basically he asked him. So it wasn't like he was praying, praying, but just basically asking him if he would just thrust a little bit from the land, okay? So as he comes away from the land a little bit, he began to sit down and teach the people out of the ship. Now, how would you think if your pastor here was able to say, you know what, everybody, let's go to the lake. We're going to the lake, and supposedly he was to sit on the boat and teach everybody out of the ship. That would be a different experience, right? It wouldn't be the actual pulpit, but it would be something to be able to teach, you know. So, as he's teaching the people, because they're hungry for the Word of God. And when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your net for a drop. Basically, it means to catch a lot, to bring in a haul, okay? So, 
If you know Simon Peter, okay, the fisherman, if somebody was to tell you how you to do your job, you would be like, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this all my life. I've grown up doing this. But watch here what Simon says. Simon said unto him, Master, we toiled all the night, and we haven't taken nothing. So if you begin to realize when you throw a net, Okay, when you throw a net out, okay, basically that net begins to go down and to wrap up around and it brings in a multitude of fishes. Now, a lot of times people would do that on the shallow water. Sometimes people can do that on the deep end of the water, okay? But this net, basically it wraps around and it catches in a multitude of fishes. Now, when Jesus Christ told him to launch out into the deep, okay, when you launch out into the deep, your net is going to go around, okay? But a lot of times you don't catch a lot of fish that way. You catch more probably in the shallow water than you do in the deep, okay? So when he throws it out and launches it down into the deep, because you see, Jesus Christ knows what he's doing. He's going to show Simon Peter something that would be so amazing that you will be astonished. And that's what the verse does. So he tells him to launch it out and go down to the deep. And Simon says, we worked all night, we toured all night. Basically, Simon is saying that he's done everything that he himself as an individual knows what to do. But what happened? He says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. What about us? Okay, we'll do point number one. Basically, we're talking about the Word. Okay, that's point number one is the Word. What about in times of our lives when we said, Lord, I've done everything I could do. People offer you advice. People show you different ways to do things. You begin to learn another way of doing things. And all these times, you don't see the final result. You're getting frustrated. You're getting angry. It's not working out. I don't know what to do. You begin to lose all hope. But what if you were to say, nevertheless, at thy word, I will do what he wants you to do. And it depends on your situation. I don't know all of your situation. But you know, back in the beginning when I started deputation, I was at a plan of going on for basically two years of deputation and that didn't go. But I think the Lord held it off more longer because we're able to have two girls now. So God is in control and plan of everything. But at the same time, we learn a lot as we're on deputation. We begin to be challenged more and more as we travel on deputation because once you get to another country, you don't pick up the phone and say, hey, mom and dad, can you come over and watch the kid for a few hours so I can go out and do something? You don't have that. There is not really security and comfort and everything that you find a whole lot on foreign fields unless if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one that you can depend on. But as we travel and as we do things, we have to go back to the Word of God and say, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting tired. I'm getting frustrated, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will hang on. 
Nevertheless, at thy word, I will go to the churches. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will still continue to go to Brazil. All these things, you add in, you fill in the blank. Nevertheless, at thy word, and then you fill in the blank of what it is that you're going through. And I guarantee you, you will see great results, just like the Apostle Peter did. You fill in the blank of what you're going through. Any problem that you have on a daily basis, or if it's a long-term problem or short-term problem, you fill in the blank, and you will begin to see great results that God would do. And it has to be the Word of God. Okay? So as he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down thy nut. And when he had this done, okay, now here's the second point. Every Christian, when you, be, when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your, as your Savior, and you make that decision to say, Lord, I repent of my sin, I'm going to leave my old life, and I'm going to take up the clock, and I'm going to follow you. That's called obedience. A lot of times in that line of when a person becomes saved to a person doing service of the Lord, right in between there is obedience. And that's where a lot of Christians have a lot of problems. It's obedience. Because we're so used to having things in control. Simon Peter thought he had that fishing business in control. He thought he knew what he was doing when he let down the net. and that He worked all night. It was in his control. It was his job. He knew what he was doing. He was trained for it. It was what he did every day. He was around the people that fished and talked with men, received the bike, did everything, changed his judgment to get to where he was so he could have a good business. But at one moment in time, it didn't work. He had to take that next step of obedience when the Lord Jesus Christ said, let down your net. Just do it. Let it down. Maybe some of us have experienced the Lord putting something on your heart to do something. It could be something big. It could be something small. Whatever it is, we will not see the blessings in that situation if we don't act upon the Word. It's good to think about it. You know, here's what everybody says. If you have to take this book and you stick it in your pillow and you dream of being that good Christian, that powerful Christian that really believes in the Word of God, that wants to live by faith and not by sight, you don't become that way by dreaming it, even though it's under your pillow. You actually have to get it out. You have to read it. You have to act upon it. It's the same way the person wants to work out. You don't become that big muscle guy or girl or whatever by taking the magazine and all the instructions and put it under your pillow and say, you know what, I dream of being that person. It doesn't work. You actually have to take it out and you have to practice it. And then you'll be able to get to that point to where you are. So when they have this done, obedient, okay, it says they enclose a great multitude of fishes and the net break. And they beckon unto their partners 
which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ship so that they began to think. Have you ever heard of anybody in your lifetime being out on a boat and you, all of a sudden your boat just starts thinking because you have so many fishes? I've never even seen it on back club. I've never seen it on TV. They catch all these fishes and they fill up the little box that they have to get that put down as a record. But I've never seen anybody have so much fear that the news reports and said this person sank because their boat had too many fishes. I've never seen that done. So they were, uh, they were surprised that they were going out, they were taking the nets and doing about their business, and all of a sudden they began to realize, help, help, and they spoke to these guys at the moment, and they said, come over, come over, help us. And all of a sudden the boat comes up next to them, and they started, they started loading it up, they just loading it up, and all of a sudden the boat just began to sink. And they realized, wow, this nut is not working, this boat is not working, we need to figure out a way how we're going to bring in all this fish. That's the miracle of God. That's God working in this moment. But here's the, here's the other point. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord. That put Simon Peter at humility. He had to humble himself. He began to realize that he was not in control. He began to realize that he's not the strong man he thought he was. He began to realize that he's not the loud mouth that he thought he was. He basically had to swallow his pride. Because he acted on obedience of the word of God that he saw the miracle happen without, without any equipment. Basically just launching out the net, that was it. But he did it all because Jesus Christ told him. Jesus Christ did not get a group of these fishermen together and said, you know what, we have a plan, let's do this and go for it. He didn't. He told him, what to do, and he did it. And I wonder about I wonder about us. We're here on the third for only a short time. God wants to do great things through us, but they're not going to work if we don't become obedient through His word. Moses would never have taken the people out of Egypt. If he wouldn't obey, if he didn't obey, you would never see the Red Sea departed if Moses had never obeyed. You would never have seen the uh, the life of Joseph if he had never obeyed. You never would have seen the life of Abraham walking through from land to land to land to get to where he needed to be without any guidance or any direction of where he was going, if he didn't obey. We would have never seen all these things happen with the prophets in the Old Testament, the major prophets and the minor prophets, of how the Word of God changed the nation and began to put them in the right perspective. 
how David had won the wars, how Joshua had walked on every war that he stepped on, he won every one of them. That would have never happened if he didn't obey. But imagine how much God can do through you, just as he did with these men and women in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I want you to think of something so big. Something that you think is so big that you want God to do. Okay? It could be something that you think is so impossible. I mean, you just absolutely think it's so impossible. I want you to capture that moment. Okay? And I want you all to hold on to that moment. Okay? If you were to say, well... Moses departed the Red Sea because of God. Do you actually believe that? Or is that just a story in the Bible? Okay. The sun held up for one whole day in the time of Joshua. Is that true? Or is that fake? All of these things that we see that happening, okay, God can do great things through us. Because God takes the weak things of the world and confounds the wise. I've seen God do great things. So hold on to that moment. Hold on to that thought. Think of something as we're going, okay? Think of something as we're going. So we have the Word of God, we have obedience, and we have humility, okay? When Simon Peter saw, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. This is once in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime that's going to happen right here at this moment where they're going to catch the most fish that they've ever had in their whole life. And they were just shocked because it happened. When we, when we agreed to uh, adopt Giovanna, the lady was already five months pregnant when we found out last year in October. When we began to realize that from the month of October to the day in February that she's going to be born, we had to get everything ready. And I've never had experience of working through a lawyer or working through an adopter, and I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. I didn't ask anybody for help, but I did call some people just to see how we could raise some funds to get the adoption thing going. <coughs> And I knew that somehow the Lord was going to provide the finances because we had to have the money to pay for everything. But I was shocked that it only cost us about 10000 just to raise the money just to have her for an adoption. Because it was a closed adoption, it was so much cheaper. But if you were to do an international adoption or an open case adoption, it would be like $30,000 just to adopt one child. And sometimes the process goes on for two years just to get all the paperwork and everything ready to adopt somebody. So I get a phone call from the lawyer saying, we need to hurry up because the baby's going to be born in February. Well, I have no things, I can't control 
the FBI background check and the criminal check and the fingerprint and all of these things that were required by law to get this adoption going. I'm not in control. I just go do what I need to do and then I leave. But I was praying, God, we need all this to be finished by February 13th. Because that's the day when she was going to be born. But she was actually due February the first week. So as we're going on through the adoption, we're making the trip back and forth the way she was born. So we're visiting with the mother. We're getting all this, uh, the ultrasound checked up and everything. And right when we get the paperwork done, it takes about 90 days to process all of these things through the lawyer so that they can have all the paperwork ready by the time she's born. Sure enough, we get the email from the lawyer saying, you need to hurry up, you need to hurry up. I mean, just really pressing on your shoulder, you know, and you're just like, ow, ow, ow. In nine days, everything was done. All the paperwork was processed. Everything was done. We were ready to go. Well, then we come to find out that Giovanna, without the head being down, the head was actually turned up within one week. So the doctors had to give her a breach. They had to get her out. So that moment in time, we get to the hospital, and we arrive, and everything went very smooth. The mother still had to do a C-section, but no complications were involved. So Giovanna comes out. Within 30 minutes from the time she delivered, she comes straight to us. And we've had her ever since that moment on out. And we began to realize that Giovanna means gracious gift of God. That was a gift from God to us because we prayed about having a child, and by faith, God just opened up the door through a couple that approached us and said, I want to give you my child. We didn't, we didn't look for adoption. We didn't file for an adoption. We didn't do nothing. We were just living our lives every day, and somebody approached us and said, I want to give you a child. We've been married eight years. We don't, we don't have any kids. So when we took Giovanna as an adoption, it was just exactly the same way as Hannah prayed and said, Lord, I just want a child. And she received Samuel. And what did she do with Samuel? She gave him right back. But she gave him to the, the Levi priest, gave him to Eli. All of that was a life-changing experience for me that I had never, ever seen before. That I began to realize that God controlled every aspect of that whole entire adoption. Even though as much as I tried and tried and tried and tried, but you know what? I became humbled after that because I'm a man that likes to be in control. I like to be organized. I like to have everything ready. But God had made so many adjustments in that life that I was not expecting it. And that really swallowed my pride. And I would take that with me to go to Brazil, and I would be walking on the same faith that happened there just as in Brazil. I was astonished. The people around us were astonished. They were just shocked how everything had happened. So humility, the Word of God, obedience, and humility. And so 
was also James and John, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. You know what's the greatest thing about our Lord? The Lord will give you something to do, but not without his comfort. He doesn't just give you something to do and just abandon you and say, you know what, you're on your own, good luck to you, I'm leaving. He never does that. He never does that. And when Simon Peter began to realize, after he humbled himself and he received the word, fear not, that's comfort. That's comforting that I don't have to fear what happened from here on out. That is the comforting, and that's the fourth point. It comfort. There's always comfort in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know when he said, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Anything that we're going through in life, we can always just give it to him. And we know he's going to take care of it. It not, may not always be in the moment that you want it to be taken care of. But see, when God takes care of it short, or when God takes care of it in a long way, we're going through that child of faith. To knowing if we still depend upon Him, if, he still, if we're still going to be there. Because He's always there. He never leaves. But He's wondering if we're still going to be there. And He began to either drag it out or make it short to know by faith if we're still going to be there. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said from... Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So what did they do? It says, and when they had brought the ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. Here, here's what I'm thinking. They didn't care about the fish. They had this huge multitude of fish that could have, they could have sold it and they could have reaped a lot of benefits, a lot of money for those fish. But we get to the end of this fishing trip, and it says he forsook, they forsook all. They brought everything to the land. They forsook it all, and they followed him. They didn't care what had just happened. They were shocked and astonished in the miracle of what God had did. And they said, you know what? I want to follow this man. I want to follow him and learn more from him. And sure enough, they became disciples under Jesus Christ. What has God been doing in your life that has caused you to be astonished? That has caused you to say, you know what? I'm going to forsake all and I'm going to follow Him. If nothing that you know of and say, you know, nothing has really been amazing that's happened to my life, pray about it. Ask God to show you something. Ask God to put something on your heart to show you something. And God will show you great things that you know not. And that's what Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says. For He is all-powerful. Call upon Him, and He will show thee great and mighty things which you know not. Folks, I think today we're just living in a world where we're just so comfortable. We're so comfortable with what we have. But just to let you know, there is more beyond than what you have. 
You think they're just 3D dimension. They're the 4D dimension. They're the 10D dimension. And that's through the power of God. God will make those things happen, but only if we want them to happen. But sometimes I wonder if we're just sitting here. And of course, I know we all want to, want, we all want to wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. We all want Him to come back and take us out and say, you know what, I'm done with this life. But I believe that God still wants us to do things on this earth before He comes back. But we can't be so comfortable. Simon Peter was comfortable with what he was doing. Jesus Christ would come upon your life at some point in time, and he's going to ask you to do something. And that one thing is going to affect your spiritual life. It's going to affect the people around you. But if you don't take in that moment, you're going to miss the blessing. Just like the eclipse. If you don't go out there for two and a half seconds or two minutes and a half seconds or whatever, you don't see it, it's gone. You probably won't see it for the next 99 years. But we'll all be dead and gone. We won't be around. It's going to be an opportunity of a lifetime. And this is exactly what happened here in the scripture. The disciples walked by sight. But the scripture says walk by faith and not by sight. What about you? What about the Word of God? What about your time in the Word of God? Are you spending time in the Word of God? Are you asking God to show you something in His Word? Which basically bringing enlightenment to open your eyes. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you something. When you begin to see something, are you obeying what He says to do? Are you obeying what he says? And at that moment in time when you obey, are you humbling yourself? Do we have too much pride that we say, you know what, I don't need the word of God. I don't need to obey. I can do everything on my own and I'm doing just fine. Give your life to Christ and you will see a bigger difference. And another question. Are you comfortable? Is the comfort that you have in your life through the Word of God? There's a lot of people. If you go out into the if you go out into this world, a lot of people are not comfortable. Just turn on the news. Just turn on the news. There's a lot of people that don't have comfort. In Barcelona, just recently, bam, truck runs over a lot of people. Madrid, Manchester, all these things that are happening around Europe, all these things that are happening around with North Korea, all these politics that's going on. You can feel the anxiety in the community. There's a lot of people. When you begin to see when people talk about it, that's all they think about. They think about what's going to happen. Are we going to go to war? Are we going to have a World War Three? What's going to happen? I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, watch, I watch the news a lot, okay? But I begin to get into the Word of God because it gives me comfort. I pray for my president. I pray for the vice president. I pray for the prayer meeting that they have in the White House. 
I pray for our military people that have to be ready soon to step up to the plate and go off to war. I pray for all of them. But I pray that they will find comfort in the Word of God and not in the weapons that they're holding. Because there's more comfort in this than there is in the weapons that they're holding. There's more comfort in this than the power that President Trump has. There's comfort in the Word of God. There's humility. What about the calling? They forsook all and followed Him. Is God calling you to do something? Is God calling you to be in a position in the part of a ministry here at the local church? Is God calling you to go out and to do something for somebody else, whether it's in your community or maybe your neighbors? Is God calling you to go to the mission field? Is God calling you to do something here in the United States? Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself and say, you know what? It's done and over with. Simon Peter thought it was over. But God gave him something bigger. And he was able to continue on. What about you? What are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's right. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the comfort that we have in the Word of God, that we can, we have the whole thing. There's nothing missing. For the Scriptures were written for us to have comfort, for us to have hope, confidence in You. You came to this world that you died on the cross, you were buried, you rose, you had victory over death. No man in all the world history has ever done that and is still alive and is on the throne, still reigning of all these things that are happening around the world. Lord, there's a lot of people that don't know about you. There's a lot of people that have never heard the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunity. I pray that you would take our heart, mold it, help us to become followers of you. Lord, if there's any person here that has never trusted you for salvation. I pray that you will continue, that you will work in their heart, that you will convict them of their sin, help them to realize that they need to repent and trust you alone, Jesus Christ, and nothing else, for you are the one that saved us. Supposedly some of us have been saved for a while, a long time. A short time. Are we obeying you? Are we following your will that you have for us? Are we comfortable where we are that we have everything that we've ever wanted? 
or do we think about things that we want that we don't really need? The greatest opportunity is right here to respond to the call that you've given us. Show your will to us, what you want us to do. Help us to remember your word. For without your word, we would never have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please you. Help us to be obedient in the word of God. Help us to be humble. Help us to know there's always comfort in your word. And help us to see the calling that you have for us. Whether if it's in our church, in the United States, abroad, international, you have a purpose and a place for us. I pray that you put us there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor.